Yeah, what are we calling this podcast? <laughs> Was it over underrated? Over underrated. Sous évalué. Hello and welcome to Under Overrated, the end of year special. It's me, Fran. I am where I always like to be, under my bed sheets. It's cold outside. Most of the UK is being locked down. How are you? And it's just before Christmas as I record this. And for this episode, we decided to go back through the year's best music and decide 10 songs that kind of meant something to us and then share each other's playlist and then discuss what we thought of each other's choices and then at the end we also decide what we thought was over or underrated in 2020. We try and avoid all of the uh, covid etc bullshit because I'm sure you're bored of that. So enjoy and let us know what you thought of our choices. Over underrated. Uh, so 2020, Fran, an unusual year, some might say. <laughs> Hell yeah. But, you know, it's not the worst year for music, luckily. Thankfully, indeed. Although I wouldn't say it's like 2016 for James Acaster. I think there was some interesting songs and some songs inspired by lockdown, actually, and, and coronavirus, as we will be discussing. In fact, I heard Robbie Williams' new Christmas single, which is a, a COVID special. Oh, I haven't heard it. What's but, it like? But does not make my best of, but it's one of the best Christmas songs I've heard this year. Okay. Out of the five. Check it out, guys. Let us know what you think of Robbie's Can't Stop Christmas single. So I'm quite scroogey about Christmas. I'm not a huge fan. I, mm-hmm. uh, I, For me, because I often go to Portugal to see my family, even though this year I'm not, it's a time kind of full of obligations, I feel. So the only Christmas songs that I listen to are the songs on my Christmas playlist called Bar Humbug, which is all sort of like alternative songs and, you know, rockier, louder songs that are a little bit different from the usual Mariah Carey wham fair. Um, though I have to say what's always on the family rotation, bizarrely, I don't know why, is the Smurfs Christmas album, genuinely. <laughs> It's been on on family rotation since I think the 90s, whenever my parents bought it for me as a kid. And, you know, what you're imagining is pretty much what it is. People with high-pitched voices covering Christmas classics. There's Mr. Smurf-tastic covering Shaggy. (laughs) So obviously I worked in in a music store for a long, long time. So from November to January, I was um, in the abyss of hell called constant Christmas music. So um, I do avoid listening to any Christmas music when not needing to. I do have an alternative Christmas playlist Ooh. which I occasionally put on, which will have like bands like Mew and the Flaming Lips and stuff. But, you know, there's no Christmas song that I will go out of my way to put on. Yeah, so. same. I, I have to say, you know, my my Bar Humbug playlist, I think the only one that's a bit more mainstream is Christmas Wrapping by The Waitresses. I think that's a good song. I think they're a good yeah, band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a Christmas banger. It is a Christmas banger, but I think it's, I'm not sick of it because it's sort of, let's say, B-list on the Christmas songs playlist. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear it probably once or twice, but not more than that. But again, I've not worked in retail over Christmas. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's the, the playlist for you is of doom is longer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, I don't know about you, but uh, 
for the last 20 years, I have been clinically creating the best of the year. Started off in 2000 making a cassette tape with 20 songs. And then I uh, mutated onto the CD. Mm-hmm. And then when I got the internet and I discovered more music, I then would make two CDs. And now we're into the world of USB and, and playlists. But I try and limit myself down to a maximum of 50 songs because otherwise it's ridiculous. And obviously back 20 years ago, it would only be songs that I had actually paid for could be on there. So to limit what I could choose. And now you have all of the music in the bloody world. Um, it's hard to try and discover as much as you can. And I probably spend far too much of my time reading playlists and uh, discovering what all of the press think is cool and what other people think is cool. And then I sort of work out um, what my best 50 are. So I've probably listened to about a thousand songs over the past Fuck month. <laughs> so when I say this is the best 50, I mean, hey guys, I've done my research. Wow, that's impressive. I really admire your dedication. I don't have the patience to do that. So I think that's why our lists are quite different. Fran's top 10 list is extremely broad and eclectic and there's a lot of new artists on there. Whereas mine really is more the songs from the favorite albums I had in 2020. Over underrated. Fran, let's start with you because you're you're the king of making playlists. So, you know, what thought went into making this playlist? Was it what you expected at the end? Introduce us to it. Well, I would say back in October when I started to think about making this, that it's been a crap year mm. of music. But I think that's that's probably down to me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it's all on you. It's all on you. <laughs> but I guess because I haven't been seeing like um, live acts or going to festivals, go, by going to festivals, it's a way for me to sort of like discover music and do research before I go and see lots of bands. But because I've had none of that, I've not felt like I needed to really listen to mm. new music. There's a lot of stuff not on my radar, which, I, which is now very much on my radar, which I, which I love. So I've discovered a lot of new bands. A lot of my... Um, established acts have been quite disappointing and I will when we get to our most overrated artists of the year I will mention that so my playlist is probably more than half of acts I had never heard of two months ago oh wow okay I didn't know that that's interesting good over underrated so sports team um it felt very nostalgic to me I've got art group vibes the voice was like mm. Young Knives or, you know, other similarly yelpy person from the mid noughties. So it surprised me as kind of the opener on a playlist because I was like, this song could have been from 2007 is what I felt. So I, I liked it, but I was surprised when I remembered that the album this came from was Mercury nominated because it didn't feel particularly innovative to me, even though I did enjoy it. People are surprised that I like this song because it's a bit like, yeah it's a bit like oh, oh, oh. and I, I like art brute and yes it's definitely art brute um, uh, um esque is that right word because of the way he's sort of like you know talking about like the modern world and how it's all a bit you know disappointing and stuff this isn't using my bag but for some reason i just love it i keep I can't but, stop, but so, can't stop sometimes you it. don't know why i mean we'll get to what my most played song of 2020 is as well and i'm surprised that it's that one too so but the album, yeah, didn't do anything for me. Like this is by far is a song that I love. So yeah, I was surprised it got uh, Mercury nominated because yeah, but, but this is probably one of my favourite indie songs of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, is the rest of the album like this song or not? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it, the rest album isn't like uh, black metal. It's all <laughs> very much that sort of like proper, like you know, um, bouncing up and down indie. Um, but yeah, this, this I think this has the hook. Yeah. Over underrated. I will start off with the Nova Twins. Nova Twins. Okay, so what did you think? Well, they're one of the only ones. Well, no, I, I, that's a lie. Um, <laughs> the only ones that you like but, and respect. <laughs> no, 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 no. I had heard of most of yours. The Nova Twins are an act that I like, and they were on my best of 2019. Ah, interesting. Single, single last year was it Taxi or yeah. something? Or yeah, that's a great. Was. Taxi was my favorite song from the album. This song is from uh, Who Are the Girls? But on repeated listenings, it changed to Playfair. And I put down the, I don't know if you know Shampoo, the band Shampoo. <laughs> I've heard that we're in trouble. Someone's come along. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think if Shampoo listened to Nine That's Nails, no Twins. Wow. Wow. Okay. On the one hand, I do get it because it's kind of pop sensibilities with industrial music. But I don't know. I, I feel like it's more than that in a way. Like you've listened to the album then, I imagine. The, the whole when it, I think when it came out I gave it a spin and it didn't grab me as much as a single like last year okay because I think that it's a there it's a bit more varied than that they've got you know a very quiet song and I think some songs are more like traditional rocky like oh my god what's it called devil's got your face for example like that's just like a traditional sort of rock song so I can accept that for maybe a few of the songs but not I wouldn't say that for the whole album but how about this song? This is what we're talking about. This song, <laughs> Playfair. So yeah, Playfair, it's just in your face and loud. Uh, and, and I really like it. So yeah, Nova Twins, I'm, I, it's one of those where I'm like, I've known them since 2016, since their debut EP. Uh, and I'm fucking delighted that they've come to a wider audience, especially because they collaborated with Bring Me The Horizon this year. And yeah, like, uh, you know, the guys, Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine is repping them and stuff like that. And they they are exactly really? the kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And th- they're exactly the kind of band I'd like to be because I don't know, they they look stylish as hell and I'm not. Yeah, they cross genres. They're very, no, they're not afraid to be activists. And, and I really like that. So yeah, Taxi was my favorite from, from the first listen of the album, but Playfair, I think because it became a single this year, and so I heard it more, I was like, no, actually, this is the best one. And that's why I picked it. Over underrated. Next track is Must Stop by ONR featuring Sarah Barthel from Fantagram. I listened to it, and I loved both of their voices, but I didn't click at all with the music. However, I then went to listen to the live and studio version with just the piano and the strings, and I really liked it. The original track, left me feeling nothing like I, with the music I really felt nothing even though I could really appreciate both of their voices and I mean Sarah Barthel has a great voice she has a great voice in Fantagram she has a great voice in Big Grams the project with Big Boy from Outcast. so it's always nice to see her but, but this ONR guy who I didn't know I was like okay nice voice but that's it but then yeah when the live and studio version really made it for me are you a fan of the lyrics I'm not a huge fan of the lyrics but I because I think they're quite simple but I really felt the lyrics when I listen to the live in studio version, you know, it, it, they're so immediate and obvious and you can, you, you feel the anguish and that's really, that's really powerful. So I had never heard of her or the band okay. in my entire life. And then when I went to watch the videos of her, I discovered that they've got like 11 million views. Yeah, they're like, oh, big. Right. <laughs> they are a thing. Yeah. yeah, but that happens sometimes with American bands. There are some American, yeah. like, well, I'm going to, they're not quite rock, but there's, there's some American alternative bands 
And then you go and look at the numbers and it's like five million monthly listeners. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, how, how is this possible? Yeah, because obviously they're, they're my sort of music. Because I was yeah. surprised I never ever heard of them. And um... yeah, start with Nightlife. Start, start with, the, mm. with the EP. I really recommend it. I think they're one of those bands that like any kind of music fan or alternative person is into. And that's why they've, they've made it so big. Okay. Yeah. So the guy, so ONR is just one guy called Robert Shields. Okay. And he was in an in, in, in indie band called Finding Albert who didn't really do much. And he's, and he's carried on trying to do music. And I think he's now moved to, um, to America, hence why he's collaborating with America. Well, okay, because he's Scottish, right? And some of his uh, tracks have had like, no, that's 10,000 people, 10,000 listens. So he's really, he's really wow. new. Obviously, that, the track of, with um, Sarah has had, I think, a, a lot higher because people know who she is. It's yeah. quite brave because it's a really catchy song. But the lyrics obviously mean it's never going to be played on daytime radio because <laughs> the F-bomb is literally all <laughs> way through it. So there's, there's no edit either for it. Um, I, I have heard mm-hmm. uh, the, the stripped down version, which I, I enjoy, but I still I think I prefer the original. But yeah, but his his album, well, not, not his album, his, he's made about three EPs and his music is really varied. And he's done a song with Noel Rogers as well. Oh, Noel Rogers once again. Hey, Cool, yeah. cool TV, which is... A, which is a brilliant song and literally okay. no one's ever heard of it i've got no idea why like wow. yeah and i think it's, i think it's one of the best songs of the year mm-hmm. so i'm happy that he liked at least one version of the song one version. yeah so he has, has he had an album because when i went to give a no. quick glance no okay so he's he, he's one of those acts that you mentioned earlier he's released about three or four eps this year yeah. so he's mean, basically that's... made an album worth of music but not an album yeah but, that, but that's a new reality right i i feel mm. like you know you're either ariana grande or taylor swift you know releasing album after album after album like non-stop or you know especially if you're a new act you are just releasing singles because i think of the of the changing nature of the music industry right where it's like constantly cha- chasing the next mm. buzz um, so yeah so hopefully he's going to make something great next year but i would be a terrible a and man because every <laughs> artist i get behind will fail miserably so in my head ONR will be massive 2021 guys but they're probably yeah uh, we let's, revi- <laughs> let's revisit this let's revi- revisit this and i mean come on like i'm sure the people who do the bbc sounds of you know polls they're not mm. always right on everything either right so you win oh, yeah, some, you yeah. lose some. Over underrated. Back to Babs, and we're now on to Ghost Poet, the beloved UK press Ghost Poet's favourite with When Mouse Clyde. And I mean, I've been aware of him for quite a long time. And I even thought, okay, I'm not loving the music. So I will check out the lyrics and see if that's why everyone likes them. And even the lyrics are pretty just average. Do you not like people who complain about the modern world? Because that like you said that before, and that is kind of Ghost Poets vibe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess this is why I'm not into a lot of like. The, I'm not into political music. I'm not into music about sex. I'm not into about music about you know shooting people. I, I doesn't it, that, it, that it, discounts it, it, a lot. <laughs> I know, but it makes me cringe. Like, I remember E17 had a single called Steam, and in the chorus it had a sex noise. And I remember being in a car with my mum, and every time I went on, I wanted to kill myself. I could hear it. My mum could hear an orgasm. <laughs> this is clear childhood trauma. This is why. And, yeah, and it's why I can't listen to R&B. I can't listen to a guy talking about how he's going to do a girl. And like, I just wow. find it. You must awkward. hate Ludacris and you know, lick lick you from your head to your toes and all of that. My neck, my back. Yeah, wow. Okay. So obviously, there's, there's a song coming up on your playlist. This, this is going to be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> flagging a lot of uh, issues with me so yeah so ghost poet music claim there's nothing going on 
Lyrically, there's nothing going on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Musically, there's nothing going on. Okay, that excited you. I thought you meant nothing yeah. going on at yeah, the no. end. Because <laughs> as you have said before, I like something you can whistle or something atmospheric. Therefore, the box is not, not being ticked. So let's yeah. move on. So I, I knew that I knew that you you know you wouldn't like it, but I obviously wanted to be honest to my feelings because we've discussed it before. My opinion is that this is from his fifth album. It's his best album. I think he got divorced because mm -hmm. he mentioned having a wife in older interviews and now he's mentioning not well he's mentioned he mentioned something about dating apps and mm. I know he's moved to Berlin so I think probably it was written with that as the backdrop um but no for me it, it's a it's an almost perfect album I like every song and he actually recently a few days ago released another song bruised fruit which is kind of on a, another deluxe version and it's excellent as well i think he's gone from strength to strength and um i was absolutely delighted when he reposted one of my instagram stories tagging hey. me because um he was my top artist on spotify this year and i was in his 0.01 top fans but i found out there's a 0.001 so i was like damn it almost but not quite so is this like the biggest hit from that album or is this just a, a no it's album not album. it's not even a single it's just it's my favorite okay. song from that album okay um but i mean i think if you don't like this you're not gonna like the others so yeah i mean i, I mean he's he's been like you know hailed for the past 10 years so i've come across him and i've i've, I've dabbled with ghost parrots and i've walked away with my hands that's fine that's fine i yeah, that's okay i i think it's definitely not for everyone because he does the speak singing thing and mm. you know, we've talked about that and some people don't like it i quite like it uh so it's yeah i think i think he's great i think he's it really reminded me of radiohead this this album i have to say kind of newer newer radiohead but you're not going to agree with that so let's move on <laughs> okay let's bring it back to the happy music over underrated okay so girl in red rue so she's mm -hmm. one where she's massive i went to look at her numbers never fucking heard of her she's only 21 fucking hell a norwegian so when I started listening to it, I didn't like it. It sounded a bit country-esque and that's not my vibe at all. But when those kind of country guitar sounds go away and the extra percussion comes in, I got really into it. So I liked basically the, the second half of the song, but not the first. And I, lis I listened to it several times to be like, okay, let's, let's just check this. Yeah, and that, that's how I felt really. And it, the build up to, you know, when it changes into that percussion really made me think that this would be a good entry for Eurovision. Really? I mean, yeah, the production makes the song. I think yeah. that she, I've listened to her some of her earlier songs and it's basically just her strumming an acoustic guitar and it's a bit basic. But with this, because of the, uh, yeah, in the chorus, when the big sort of like, sort of like effect comes on, it really lifts up and... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I can't stop listening to a song. I think it's, it's amazing. Never heard of her, like herself. Mm. Um, was absolutely shocked to find out how big she was because I thought, okay, this is a random noise and singer, but ten people who know. And it turns out she's yeah, massive. Yeah, and if you go to the about section on her Spotify, she's like, "Hi, I'm Girl in Red. I make songs in my bedroom." Like very humble sort mm. of bio. And then you're like, and then you look at her Wikipedia, and it's like, yeah, she's done like two North American tours and this and that. And you're like, "Fucking hell, lady! Like you're doing pretty well, mate." Yes, I wonder who got behind. I wonder if, if she's producing it or if she's found someone really great to work with, or maybe both. Who's, who's like who, yeah. who's lifted her? Because like yeah, but when you listen to her earlier singles, it's kind of like okay, here we go. Um, but yeah, that's that track is beautifully crafted, and I can't even find out who produced it. So I just have to go back and research it. Over underrated. Dua Lipa with everybody else. 
Uh, <laughs> with, her, with her posse, the Blessed Madonna. Yeah. With lev- levitating, yeah? Yeah, so before you get into it, I just want to clarify mm. because there's several different versions of this song. So my favourite song is the one from her remix album Club Future Nostalgia, not the one from her main album. And I will get into that after you've given your review. Okay, my view is uh, it's uh, it's uh, basically fine and has some <laughs> nice hand claps, but this would not make my like I have a song from Julie Per, which obviously people have heard of. So I won't spoil, and I've listened to it two or three times, thinking, yeah, I like everyone involved in this, but um, I've I've made sure that I've listened to, to your version, not the original, so I don't know the original that well. Mm. And yeah, I, I thought I'd, I'd like more from it, but it does. I'll, I'll wait for something more magical to happen, like like a more catchy chorus or some like synth line or or something, and it doesn't ever didn't really grab me as much as the other songs unfortunately that's really interesting so the reason why i wanted to be specific is because this remix album totally changed my view on the original album so the original album future nostalgia i listened to it and it left me cold i was like this doesn't feel very original i don't know it's deliberately called future nostalgia right she's deliberately harking Mm. back on on the grades i was like you know it's fine but i'm not at all in a rush to to go and listen to it again then when i found out that blessed madonna was doing the remix album i was like "Ooh," because i've known her since she was black madonna and uh she did like a, a great single called stay with the b-side b-side or double a side called venus Requiem, which is really fantastic so i was like oh okay i didn't really like the album but i'll definitely go and listen to the remix album and i absolutely fucking love the remix album i it really totally changed my view of the album the original album future nostalgia and now when i go back i appreciate the songs from the original album way more than i did on on first listen but i think this might be a difference in the way that we function fran because mm-hmm. i quite like remixes and covers sometimes I, I think i like sometimes versions that force me to reinterpret it in a different way and that's exactly what this did you know it really focused on a few elements and then yeah chucked in madonna and missy Elliott for the ride and yeah that definitely made me appreciate the original more over underrated yes okay so the next one is my own soul's warning by the killers fran and i have discussed the killers and he was shocked to hear my opinions that basically i only really like their first album and everything else that i've listened to uh i don't like and i'm very sorry fran uh i listened to this song and felt nothing in my cold cold heart it did absolutely nothing for me at all and i'm leaving <laughs> Seriously, I, I think this is probably their best song in uh, 15 years. Like, no, no, no since, since Sam's Town, so 2006 or seven. So I don't like Sam's Town, so for uh, me that's, uh, yeah. Uh, I like Hot Fuss, yeah, God, Hot Fuss, yeah, it's called Hot Fuss. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, Fran, I, I, I wanted to like it, but I, I, I'm just not, so I'm not a huge fan of Brandon Flowers as a frontman, like, He's a good looking guy and he has a nice voice, fine, but I'm not convinced. He doesn't feel very authentic to me as a, as a person and as a musician. So I think that's part of what puts me off. Like he sounds quite impassioned in some of the parts in this song. And I just, I couldn't believe it. So I think that's, that's a bit of a barrier for me for, for the killers, but you know, I went in wanting to like something else by the killers, but I'm afraid this wasn't the one. I mean, he wears his, you know, his influences on the sleeve. Mm-hmm. and is a sleeve that I would possibly wear myself so yeah I mean um, I know, you know he really it, champions yeah. bands that I like like I remember yeah. you know he introduced the Pet Shop Boys at the Brits 
I think, and uh, he's definitely in- influenced by a lot of British music as well, very, mm. very openly. But you know, sometimes he's kind of the opposite for me of Radiohead, where I fucking love Radiohead. But sometimes you go and listen to the influences, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, how did this influence them? This is really not my kind of thing. With the Killers, it's the reverse for me. Like, love their influences, but not uh, not a huge fan of them as a band. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, a sucker for widescreen indie rock. So Simple Minds, I like Coldplay. I like really big sounding, melodic stadium rock, which is probably the least cool thing I could ever say. But I, I do enjoy it. And this album, Imploding the Rocks, was one of the albums I had heard previously because I had to review it. And I was, uh, I was loving it. I think it's the best album for a long time. And yeah, there's some cracking singles, including Caution with uh, Lindsay Buckingham. And oh, I can't oh, wait to go and see the guitar player quit the band. So very good. I'm getting some extra help. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you've got the league guitar player or Fleet Mac not doing much, <laughs> get down. Come on down, guys. Come on down, Lynn. Why not? Um, <laughs> so have you seen The Killers Live? Because I have yes. not, but they really split opinion of the people I know. I know people who've seen them and said they were absolute shit and people who've seen them and said they were amazing. I've seen them three times and the times they were bad was not their fault. It was where they're playing. So Reading 2008 they had some sort of new walling when they couldn't turn the sound above a certain volume. So literally, you had to try and listen to them play. And that's not their fault. So no, that's Reading Festival. I saw them in Hyde Park. And in Hyde Park, in these big like BST festivals, unless you get there early and you're in like the front bubble, you're, you're about 200 metres from the stage, surrounded by drunken pricks who only want to hear Mr. Brightside. So therefore, just have a chat during the whole concert so that's not the best place but i saw them at the white festival two years ago made sure i was near the front <laughs> made sure i was surrounded by killers fans who knew all the, all the lyrics and literally me and 10 random people were singing the lyrics for, the, for an hour and a half jumping up and down it oh that sounds fantastic. great that sounds really great so, yeah so yeah so, so at a festival if you can find your pocket of people it's the best place to see a band because you know you're gonna have like the lighting and and you know the confetti and everything. So yes, I love that gig, but the first two I was disappointed. But that's not where the kids fall. It was more down to other issues. Yeah. Yeah, I um I think there's nothing worse when you're super into a band and you're at a concert and you're the only one in the surrounding area, kind of going mental. Uh, in Belgium, that happens a lot, unfortunately. Like, even when you go in, not just at festivals. In fact, it's almost the opposite. I feel like at festivals, people are more enthusiastic because the people who go to festivals are more likely to be kind of bigger music fans. It, it depends on the festival, but definitely when I've been to Werkter and, and other stuff, people are more enthusiastic. Whereas I've been to so many concerts where I'm like, guys, we've all paid 30 euros for these tickets. Why are you standing at the front with your arms crossed? Come the fuck on, guys. Um, so yeah, I think any any concert where people are going that crazy, that sounds that sounds great. Over underrated. We have someone that perhaps cannot stop mentioning, Mr. Tom Vec. Yes. Survive. I shoehorned him in. What did you think? It's been a while since I've listened to Tom Vec. Like, when was the album? How long, how long ago was it? So this album is from this year, but the album before. Well, I mean, the album where his, he first made his name. Oh, like 2008? The, uh, no, 2005, I think. Wow. Yeah. So yeah that's yeah, probably the last album I heard. Wow. The, the first album? Last time I heard, heard him was probably 2005. Wow. Okay. See, I'm not a big fan of his vocal, 
But that's you know, but I, I can see, pass knowing, that. Knowing your views on uh Fred Schneider from REM and Ghost Poet, I was like three, two, one, he's gonna say the same about Tom Fake, but yeah, carry on. <laughs> but musically, it's my kind of groove. But I just thought that he needed maybe a middle eight or something to break up. It became a bit same and it needed something just to sort of like punch through a little bit. But no, but I listened to it again, but I don't think it's what neither that that Jean Sacra, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bowie. Um so I realized when I was looking at another song on my list and thinking, oh, you know, that's definitely the longest song. I realized that actually this song was the longest song. It's at six minutes thirty. Um, I don't really feel that because I, I think I love it so much that I don't mind that it's repetitive. For me, I, I enjoy it so and did you kind of listen to the lyrics or or hear them because it's basically saying i know we will survive i know we will carry on and he was like yeah i actually didn't write this during the pandemic but it just so happened that yeah, like I, I was writing about it more generally so when i it's, it's the opening song on on his new album new Sim, new symbols and i was like whoa like fucking deep man and then it was like oh no like i actually didn't write it for, for the pandemic um, michael stipe did a song this year with the other two members of the national the brothers mm-hmm. and the course of that is is he talks about being locked down and yeah he wrote it last year yeah so it's one of those random it things that... it happens right so so tom Vec, right he released an album in 2005 his next album 2011 so six years between then the next one 2014 okay three years and then the next one 2020 so he's had like five year and six year gaps I love him, but he's a frustrating man because he's also, he has like almost zero social media presence. So the last update that there was on this album was a tweet that he did in 2017 being like, working on it, yeah? And that was it. <laughs> and, and and the whole time you're there like checking every now and again, like anytime now and there's, there's absolutely nothing. So yeah, I was I was just so happy when when this came out. And I, I think the album is, is, a, is a total return to form. Does he mention in interviews why like it? Is he busy doing other things? Is this not his? I think so because um, so he has designed, I think, with other people this new, or he's doing the crowdfunding for this new player called Sleeve Notes. So mm-hmm. he's he's basically created it's sort of somewhere between, he says, kind of listening to vinyl and an iPod. So it's like an electronic player that's big, so you can see the album artwork on it because he's really into album artwork, and I think Sleeve mm-hmm. Note used to be an app, and so. He's he's been doing that, and I think he's like a graphic designer as well. So yeah, he's something yeah. something techy and something designer e. And I mean, he has a song on this album about my child or whatever it is. And I I saw him live. I would guess in 2015, 2016. And I noticed he had a wedding ring. So you know, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not. I would never him. notice that. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I do because I'm staring at his lovely hands. Um, <laughs> I love you, Tom. Um, anyway, yeah, I I saw him. Oh, it was so good. It was like a, it was a concert where he played the whole of We Have Sound, the first album in its entirety, and then and then a few more songs. So heaven for me. I you know I've listened to the album quite a bit, but I think it's going to be one of those albums where I like different songs and repeated listenings. But survive the opening track with those lyrics. You know, it, it, I guess it's one of the more anthemic songs on my playlist. Yeah, that's that's why I picked it. Over underrated. And Exile by Taylor Swift featuring Bonnie Bear. So with Taylor Swift, I'm not a huge fan. And it's one of those, again, where I feel like the songs that I like the most are not the songs that her fans like. So Bad Blood, with the, the version with Kendrick Lamar, I love and listen to that on repeat. And whatever year that came out, that was on my top 
list from from Spotify. And I quite like the singles from Reputation where she kind of changed direction. Um, with this song, it feels a bit more country, a bit more OG Taylor Swift. And yeah, I didn't really like it. I I like the piano and I like their voices, but I, the strings didn't do it for me. And as a whole, the melody didn't really do it for me. When their vocals could sort of like collide in the, in the final minute, it's really, really beautiful. I've just looked on Spotify. It's only had 153 million views I listened, so it's a bit disappointing for her. And that's surely... Fucking hell. <laughs> I was really... I, I really do like the song. I think it's one of my favourite songs of the year. And I am by no means a... Swifty? Is that what it's called? That's I think Swifty. so. I, I like so. the, the occasional single, mm-hmm. um, but I don't own any of her albums. But yeah, I, I think that the, the vocals... But magnificent in the last minute when they sort of like blend together but you don't have a soul so I have can, no we heart. can move on we I can have... move back on no, to, no, the, but, but... to the soulless angry babs list <laughs> but no like I just want to say I did like their voices and I, I did like the the intertwining of their voices as well it was again a bit like the ONR track it's the it's the backing for me the 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 music rather than the, mm. the melody of the singing so yeah, you like, you like classical, don't you? you like I do like classical. Music. I played the violin yeah. for for twelve years. So yeah. Um, is it you're jealous that it wasn't you playing the violin that track? Is that what's <laughs> happening here? Uh, no, no, it. not at all. Hurrah! You made it to the halfway stage. Which is your favourite so far? Just you know, say it out loud. I won't judge you. So I have cut out a long discussion of classical music with Babs, so when you get back and I'm it's in the host, you can kind of guess what happened. Over underrated. Okay, so um, from host to Charlie XCX, I, no, we always hear that. <laughs> that, <laughs> that classic transition, yeah. <laughs> with anthems, but is it an anthem? I like the idea of of Charlie. I like the production. A bit like um, The Girl in Red, the production makes the song. Um, without the production, there's not enough for me to be a big fan, but when her music's on, I enjoy a bit of Charlie and I do move my leg up and down. So, one leg only, right? Not not too, just, she's, not too she's, crazy. She's a, she's a one. She's a one-legger at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> one legger oh my god <laughs> amazing <laughs> um so charlie xcx i am i love and i'm fascinated by her but i i have to agree with you that her musical output is a bit uneven so i i i really love her and i this lockdown bought a vroom vroom baseball cap because my my previous baseball cap of about 16 years finally broke so i was like all right i have to get a new one and i was like oh you know, let me let me think about it. And then when I saw the merch, I was like, let's do this. So this is from the album that she conceived of and recorded totally in lockdown within a few weeks with only a few collaborators. And I'm not a huge fan of the album compared to especially her last album, Charlie. Mm-hmm. I I like two or three songs on there a lot. Uh, but I think Anthems is fantastic. A lot of it is to do with the lyrics, I think. You know, the chorus says, I want anthems, late night, my friend's New York. You know, it was released, what, in May? So that was, for me, kind of two months into lockdown. Um, So it really, you know, I like her already. And then for her to release a song that's so, you know, 
talking about the times because a lot of the songs are about how much she loves her boyfriend good happy for her but obviously i don't connect with that as much as as fit as he is but uh yeah that one who's who's her boyfriend so her boyfriend is huck kwong who i know from uh, social media stalking his sister lily kwong is married to nick kroll the comedian okay well i will check out more of her anthems over underrated and now we're going on to another artist that I don't think legally you can slag off. So it's been oh, just you wait. Um, <laughs> so Ghosts by Bruce Springsteen. So I'll, I'll say that when this started, because I didn't realise it was Bruce Springsteen, I, I had it playing and I, I wasn't looking at the playlist at the time. I thought it was R.E.M. at the beginning. It really, that's, that's, that's what came to me immediately. Um, Fran, I'm afraid... It was my least favourite song on the playlist that you provided. Uh, Fran is trying to flick me through the webcam. I am not a Bruce Springsteen fan at all, really. I think I have one song saved by him, which is Nebraska, I think. I'd have to go and check this. Yeah, I really admire him. I really admire his politics. Only now was I reading that like, he's been a gay marriage proponent since like the 90s. And I'm like, that's pretty cool uh, for like a straight rock guy to be so vocal about it. When it started, I thought it was going to go in one direction. I was like, oh, okay, maybe. And then some jangly guitars or something come in and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry, Fran. What's interesting is like five years ago, I didn't really listen to Bruce Springsteen. He was just like one of those acts, like Pink Floyd, who was just there. And then he released something in the album, maybe in 2015 or 14. And he did Glastonbury and I watched the Glastonbury performance. And that's when I thought, oh, Jesus, he's actually quite good, isn't he? And then since then, he's made my best of like five times in a row. Wow. So, Has he released really enough music? <laughs> yeah, but he, he keeps doing like, well, so last year it was a solo album. This album is him and the Street Band. So he goes back and forth. And last year he did a song, an album by himself with like loads of orchestration. And then he, yeah, so he constantly releases music and maybe he's, thinking he's getting older so he needs to make more music for this over but yeah he's been really prolific um unlike a lot of people from his era most people from the 70s you'd be lucky to get an album every five years mm-hmm. but bruce literally keeps making more more music so if you're a bruce Springsteen fan you must be loving it at the moment so yeah okay um you're wrong but that's fine it's fine <laughs> it's fine we can move on i hope we can still be friends over underrated from that to something very different uh from my selection um, yeah, we are moving on to one of the biggest songs of the year, is it? Oh, I think, the, I think the biggest in a way, at least culturally. It's a song that I was aware of the title and I thought, do I bother? I know I'm going to hate this. This is never a good thing to, to admit to. You should always have an open mind. But obviously I'm aware of Cardi B. Not a big fan, guys. Um, it's a song about a wet-ass pussy. Uh, you can just call it WAP, Fran. You can, it, it is actually just called WAP. So. I mean, bizarrely, during lockdown, I did write a song about my white, enormous penis called <laughs> WEP, which I now can't release. So I'm quite sad oh, about the masses will be very sad about that. <laughs> WEP. <laughs> WEP. That sounds like, I don't know, like the acronym, like, I don't know, the fucking Winchester Equestrian Parade or something like that. <laughs> Yo, come on and ride my WEP. Come on and see my WEP. Let's do the... You know, you can you can tell it is going somewhere. So yeah, um, yeah, I've please, now watched the video. Please record times. and release it. <laughs> <laughs> As I was talking about earlier, yes, it literally is everything I hate in music. I know I sound like Grandpa Francis, but yeah, I'm sorry, it's all yours. Explain to me why I like it. So 
I quite like Cardi B. I liked Invasion of Privacy. So I was aware, you know, I liked Cardi B. I liked a bit of Megan Thee Stallion. And when when I saw this song, I just honestly was not expecting to like it so much. It is an assault on the senses. And I'm a big fan of songs talking about sex, especially when it's women talking about sex. I think Teachers of Peaches turned 20 this year. And you're like, yeah, that was someone who was really kind of bringing that to the fore and has definitely influenced a lot of people. But I just, I just love everything about it. I love the insane lyrics talking about macaroni in a pot and you know spelling spelling her name writing I I think it's hilarious like it's genuinely funny lyrics as well like yeah okay it's a bit sexy but it's funny and it's the bass I absolutely love the bass the da 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 and I think it's very self-effacing you know literally it opens with with it going there's some whores in this like I just I uh, yeah I love everything about it I know that it's not to everyone's taste and I really enjoyed I mean, my 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 dad and his partner, his husband, are very liberal people. But I really enjoyed showing the music video to them and the song, and then showing them all the reaction videos of people's parents uh, doing it. I would happily defend Cardi B and and WAP in any kind of overrated episode because, yeah, I, th- I think it's genius. Okay, I mean, it's nice. To, again, we can go from Bruce Springsteen to uh, a wet art pussy. Um, You're but... <laughs> you don't have to say it, Fran. You're choosing to say Look, it. <laughs> I don't get to say it often, so I can use my new <laughs> platform to get away with saying it. And uh, guys, okay. wet by Fran will be out on all good platforms soon. <laughs> I'm having some issues with the, uh, with the production company, so you know, it's hopefully... oh, it might be it might be on a remix album next year. <laughs> Yeah, pew, it's going to be called. Um, <laughs> Over underrated. So, the next one on your list, Fran, you'll be happy to hear, was my favorite on the list. It's Our Days. Oh, controversial. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, Our Days by The Great Communicators. And it was another one where, well, it was it kind of the opposite of Bruce Str- Springsteen, where it started, I thought, oh God, there's some jangly guitars. By the end, I loved it because it, you know, it changes quite a bit there's a man singing at the beginning there's a woman well a masculine person feminine person it again feels quite sort of noughties indie nostalgic in the same way that the other song by the band who's name sports team sounded i really enjoyed it and then i went and looked into it and they're dutch which i wouldn't have guessed because you can barely hear the the accents on there and yeah of course it reminded me of pip blom who i imagine you know who they are mm-hmm. i mean i said this is literally the first time since two unlimited that I've known of the Dutch band. So I'm happy about that. Finally, someone uh, else Vanger Boys, fan. Uh, same era as Tony did. I think. No, that, yeah. later, so, later. Okay, since the 90s, okay. we came with the first Dutch band I've been aware of. And yeah, I was happy as Larry, but the Dutch, because obviously you're from the rival uh, country. I'd say better luck, yeah. <laughs> No, Belgium's made my playlist, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, but yeah, I never heard of them in my entire life. And I've tried some other songs, and this is by far the best song. And yeah, I don't think that all their songs are similar, that they both share the vocals. But I think when mm-hmm. when the feminine vocal comes in, it comes onto another level. And yeah, I look forward to seeing where they go next. Yeah, and I actually thought, well, firstly, it made me realise how many songs you had on the playlist that have feminine and masculine voices which I know that a lot of people like in here, I, I, I like it too. And it would have been nice to hear them harmonise because it is kind of in, in two parts. I, w- I would love to hear a song where, where they do. Over underrated. Back now for something completely different. <laughs> the old Bring Me The Horizon, who I'm from a town called Bournemouth, ladies and gentlemen, and everyone in between. And in Bournemouth, 
we shorten it to BMTH. So every time I see a hashtag saying BMTH, I get excited thinking about Bournemouth is trending. What is it? And then I find out, bring me the horizon, stealing our bloody hashtag for Bournemouth, the bastards. You, you had, yeah, yeah, so obviously, you know, um, I've always had a bit of a hate to towards them. And it's not really my cup of tea music-wise. I don't mind heavier music, but that singing style which seemed to come out of the mid-noughties, I find hard to jump on board with. It's, you know, you sound like Brandon Flowers sounds a bit too fake where he's saying this. Mm-hmm. I find this because obviously I know that they do not sound like that at all when I speak. So it feels like a, a put on ah, interesting. vocal. Okay. And it puts me off a little bit because a bit like Lost Prophets. I mean, he's, I mean, they're from Wales. They cannot sound more Californian when, when they sang. <laughs> but I guess because they probably were influenced by American bands, it's hard to not have a similar vocal uh, style. But yeah, I, mean, I like the quiet bits with like the, um, the, the choir sort of sections. Mm-hmm. They're great. But when, when he sort of goes full... Full hardcore, yeah, no, thank you. So you don't mind because it, he he goes from like being very quiet and almost whispering in in some parts. Mm. So the song is Parasite Eve. It goes from very quiet to to screaming. So would you say that you liked or the parts that were quite at, or was it just tolerated? I was tolerating it. Tolerated. I mean, it starts off great. I thought, oh, oh, they've got a new sound. Where are we going to go? And then sadly. I was um, back on board the, the bad ship. <laughs> the, bring the, the, the bad ship, BMTH, eh? <laughs> BMTH. Uh, so this for me is the most surprising inclusion on my top 10 mm. list because I was very indifferent to bring me the horizon um, because for me, they're kind of emo-esque, as you say, like somewhere between emo and metal. And those are two genres that I'm not really so into, although I'm getting a little bit more into metal these days. And the reason I went to listen to this album was because of the aforementioned Nova Twins, because they feature on another song on the album, which I actually think you might appreciate more because it's it's definitely a bit less shouty. But this, you know, I wanted to put my favorite song from there and this was it. But yeah, I was shocked, absolutely shocked with this album because I went to just listen to the Nova Twins song and I thought, oh, OK, this isn't bad. And then I listened to the whole album and it's quite a reasonably heavy album. And on first listen, I loved it. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is not, this is not my kind of music uh, at all. I, like, I, I had listened to a few of their other songs. So they have a song with Grimes from their album last year that I enjoyed. I think they have a song with Halsey that I enjoyed. But it was like, you know, one of those ones where they're like, oh yeah, okay, they've got one or another. I did not expect to like a heart album in the way that I did. I think this song is, yeah, the best by far. I have sang it on the karaoke app, Smule, and honestly singing be- this song any other song from the albums is honestly i feel like free therapy because you're just shouting into your phone and it's fantastic they're harder lincoln park for the 2020s that, that kind of genre mashup of like the very very heavy guitars and then the synth as well i i think they did it really well you know my my cousin is a, a big bmth fan and when i found out that i liked this album i went to my 24 year old cousin like oh, fred i like them now <laughs> you can talk to me about this um and he says that you know their older stuff is is quite different. It's definitely a new direction that they've gone into. And I'm guessing there's probably fans that don't like that, but I loved it. I think that in 2020, um, rock is rather dead. And I, <gasps> I, I was aware. No. I, and I was, I was quite aware that Bring Me the Horizon did change the sound on the last album. I think there's yeah. a track 
where it's with a bit more sympathy. And I thought, okay, I get it. You guys are thinking, right, we're going to run out of <laughs> places to play. We need to sort of like, you know, jump on board and get some help. So that's why suddenly they had like people like Grimes working with them. As a bit, it's a cynical, but it makes sense because you know festivals are changing and people wow, so don't you want really to... think that cynically about it that it's it's I, I do I, I do well look I was working in HMV when they came out I saw their hairstyles and they had that you know angular hair that every band had to have and I thought and now they're suddenly changing I mean yeah they may have changed the influences but I I think that you know, they are kind of aware of who they are and the market and they. I mean, yeah, it's fine. I mean, being in a band wanting to continue, it makes sense. You know, you have to to do things to keep going, and that's fair enough. I mean, there may be massive fans of Grimes and and Halsey and Neighbor Twins. Yeah, I mean, um, I will choose not to be a cynical and wide-eyed. Just wow, a band really evolving with the times. Uh, but I, to be honest, I don't really care whether whether it's cynical or not. I think I honestly think it's a fantastic album. And yeah, just to go back to the sounding fake. I find it quite funny because I I think especially not necessarily on this song, but there's other songs in the album where his northern accent really comes through. So he'll be like, "Shut the mm. fuck up," and it sounds really northern. And then other parts where it doesn't. At all. And there's a song with Youngbloods who's also from from oh god, is it Doncaster, which is close. I think I'm not very good with it's British geography. Up north, it's up north. It's up north. <laughs> so typically southern. Yeah, it's north. It's all it's all the same. <laughs> it's all it's all nearby. <laughs> Guys, my dad's from up north, so but you can't have a go at me. Um, I'm, part, I'm, I'm part northern. I can't claim that, unfortunately. Uh, only northern Portugal, that's it. Over underrated. From metal to metal at last. Yeah, I was very surprised with, with the inclusion of this song. But then I listened to it. So Don't Chase the Dead by Marilyn Manson. So I like Marilyn Manson. I'm not kind of a completist. I think the only album I've, of his that I have is The Greatest Hits. And I think the only album I've listened to kind of all the way through is Hollywood. So I didn't really know what to expect because obviously that's from the 90s and the greatest hits is from, I think, around 2004, maybe when he released uh, Tainted Love. This really surprised me as a song. It was way more melodic than I thought it would be. And I think the reason I enjoyed it as much as I did was because I really liked the contrast between the music and his voice because his voice is the usual man in months and that's a bad impression, but you, you, you know what it's like. Mm-hmm. It was melodic and a bit synthy and I think I was expecting something a bit like the Deftones well just Deftones and yeah it wasn't it was it was yeah something completely unexpected and I really enjoyed it yeah I mean he's um I think I think it's him now I think like Alice Cooper he was a band and now his name is just him I think that's correct I'm I'm not a massive man of Madison but I think that's what's what's happened as you aware of his 80s covers he is a big fan of of synth pop hence why he's covered the push mode and you know, eurythmics uh, and eurythmics and tainted love etc etc so and it's this, a, the tainted love is a great cover yeah and so yeah so he's always had simps on his album and he worked with Trent Reznor mm-hmm. um so yeah so he always mixes he always mixes like glam rock which is a genre I love and new wave and to me this is not really, <laughs> new wave even not new wave uh new <laughs> I've been Marilyn Manson yeah. versus the Claxons yeah <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so this to me wasn't a shock. It's basically him doing the push mode or him doing yeah. an eighty synth pop. So that's why I'm I'm sad to to find out that it's got barely any heat behind it. Like no one I've met who is a fan as likes it or has heard really? it. Really? 
But yeah, yeah, because there's a couple of people who were Man and Manson fans from back in the day, and they listen to it from there, not from me. But I guess it's because you know Marilyn Manson is such a character, and he's going to attract you know a certain type of person who might not be you know as kind of <laughs> like just as open-minded towards other types of music and i mean his covers of 80s stuff is they're really good but they sound very very marilyn manson very heavy and yeah he does normally mix kind of synths and and guitars together but it you know i'm used to it sounding much heavier than this and this didn't sound heavy at all like it was only his his voice was the only kind of heavy element so if you're expecting that and you get this um yeah I, I guess those people won't like it but no i'm i'm i think of all the songs on the album that this is the one that made me be like okay i really have to go and listen to more re- more recent stuff and listen to this album i get a feeling that he's now in a camp where he has millions of hardcore fans but it'll be very hard for him to get an audience mm. he would just have that that a bit like uh, the person ready to keep saying he would have that core audience who just follow him around so looking at it he's had like four million views Mm-hmm. on youtube but i doubt he will be played on much radio anymore i've, yeah. I've never heard him even even been interviewed anywhere this is quite sad so yeah hopefully he can find another audience because this needs to be heard i think I'm yeah i agree i totally agree yeah we agreed on the song <laughs> <laughs> on song number um, was it number eight we agreed <laughs> who knew man that's gonna bring us together <laughs> over underrated so we're now back to babs and another of the highly recommended uh, bands of the year run the jewels with their cover of just by radiohead <laughs> when you said cover i was like what okay <laughs> <laughs> do, do not know um so, yeah this is just with a dollar sign instead of the s with pharrell williams and uh zach della rocker and is that it is that the two people yeah is anyone else involved i think that's it yeah uh, it's a bit like Ghost Poet for me. Like, they're banned, they get so much praise. I keep thinking, right, spend some time in this band and try and work out where. where um, and yeah, it's just, I just, I, I struggle, mm. unfortunately, guys. I struggle with this genre. Again, I didn't think you'd like it because it is hip hop. Uh, but I, I have to say, I'm really surprised how high it is on so many people's lists. I've seen it as number one of, of albums of the year. I much prefer RTJ2. Um, I think that might be because that's the first album of theirs that I heard. So I just have that association. I think this album is good, but I don't think it's like everyone's like, oh my God, it's the best ever. And I I think part of the reason why so many people are saying it's good is because of the subject matter. You know, it's very on point with, you know, what's going on in the world. And sure, that elevates it. And I think it does elevate this song as well. Um, And Zach De La Rocha is in another, Rocker Rocha, don't know. Uh, he's on another RTJ song that I like called Close Your Eyes and Counter Fuck, where it's just very catchy. It starts with him at the beginning, run the jewels fast, run the run the jewels fast. And it's just, it's yeah, very catchy. But this this song for me was the the standout of the album. It was it was the best. And I think I, I feel like almost all of their songs that I like the most are the ones that feature other people. I think they really excel in collaborations, even though I think they're they're a great duo of collaborators because their voices sound so different um you know killer mike is way more urgent and lp is way more laid back um but here i think pharrell and zach really really add to it and and yeah the subject matter does elevate it but uh but yeah i definitely think the 
how good the album is was a little bit overhyped. I don't hate hip hop, but I've always dabbled in it. Hey, I've seen Jay Z guys, Ooh. and I know all I know all the words to do the Batman by the Simpsons. So. <laughs> wow, credentials. <laughs> I think they they create a sound that wants people to be alerted by it. It's it's a, a warning sign. It's like listen to us. We've got something to say. Boom! This is what's happening, and you know, whoa. And I and that to me, I find more of a struggle to get into because I don't really. I do care, but it's not what I, I get from music. I, I don't I don't go to music for um, politics or or, 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 mm. for, or sex or whatever, whatever. I don't really listen to lyrics in that sort of way, unfortunately. Sorry, guys. I think I, I do listen to lyrics a bit more than you. I like politics and sex as, as subject matters, even though I think one of the reasons that Pet Shop Boys are one of my favourite bands is that that they really have like a wide variety of subjects. I mean, they have a song called I've Got the Brains, You've Got the Brawn, Let's Go Make Lots of Money. I mean, that is fucking original, right? And uh, I think Robots in Disguise and my other favorite band of like the subject matter is wide. You know, they have a song called Argument about like being in a band and it being terrible and you feel like it's really kind of inspired by what really happened from being in a band. Over underrated. Okay, so Swad, if that's how you pronounce her name, Faces. When this song started, I genuinely thought it was Sarah Barthel from Fantagram. Again, for a second, I was like, what? He's put another one? No. And I was like, oh, no, okay, no, someone else. I thought this was fine. And once again, it felt very Eurovision-y to me. And when I say Eurovision, I mean kind of modern Eurovision. I don't mean fucking, you know, kisses for me, okay? That's not wrong with that. But having watched uh, Eurovision 2020, I feel like, yeah, Girl in Red and Swad really represented that for me. So I, I, you know, I listened to it again, kind of immediately to be like, am I really that indifferent to this song? But yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. I, I didn't dislike it, but it, it, it didn't really. Do you know where she's me. from? She's from yeah. Finland. So I saw. it's interesting that the guy from the Brexit generation, to picking bands <laughs> all around Europe, the person bang bang in, <laughs> in bloody Belgium is all about American UK. I mean. Yeah, that is very true. Well, well, but you'll see. There's one. Uh, there's one exception. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I never heard of it in my life, and this is literally a song I've heard. Um, but I thought it had a banging chorus. I liked her her vocal, and yeah, I. I it's, her voice yeah, is good. I, and I, I think I like, when I first heard it, I thought, yeah, that's right. And then it sort of kept going, kept coming back on my shuffle. I thought, oh, no, actually, I really quite like this. And and. I, Ah, so there we go. So maybe, maybe I need to listen. To, I listen to it twice. Maybe I need to listen. Yeah, yeah. To it. I'm, I'm, I'm literally, she has terrible uh, social media presence. Uh. Oh my god! Yeah, to find her, it was really because I was like, I didn't want to do too much research into into your bands because I was like, I'm sure Fran will tell me. Um, but at, at the very least, I wanted to know kind of where everyone's from. Um, and then I had to be like, Swad music. And I mean, I guess she was Finnish because like her top cities are all Finnish. Mm. So I was like, okay, Swad, Finland music? And that was how I, yeah, I got the information. She's, she's basically on, on Facebook and has like a very brief outline and that's really it. Oh, wow, yeah. it's it's. I find it so interesting, the people who remain anonymous on social media in 2020. That's when you're a new, a new <laughs> like, act. Surely this is your time. You're a new act. You're young mm. from, from looking at photos of her. She seems quite young. So yeah, it's, I mean, part of me is like fucking respect to you because you're clearly, it's just, you know, you're not a fan and you're, you're, you're doing the work and that's it. At the other hand, I'm like, mate, come on. <laughs> like at the very least a band camp or whatever. Uh, I actually, I don't know if she, she I mean, but, camp, but her uh, biggest song on Spotify is 48,000, which is pretty low in modern standards. If you're... I, but I think for, for a Finnish I don't act, know. like 
I mean, okay, name a Finnish band. Well, there's another one coming up. Um, next. Well, okay, <laughs> name a Finnish band that isn't the one on your list. <laughs> um, there's uh, that. There's the uh, the band from your region, Lordy. There's. The, there we go. Yeah, there was, right. There was so a, the, that big hit in 1999, Bomb Thanks and something with uh, <gasps> that one. Oh, yes, Bomb Thanks. Yeah, Bomb Thanks. Love that song. And there's a band called Crash. Yeah. There you go. Five. Okay, that's more than I know. That's that's pretty good. Okay. But what I was trying to prove with that is I think 48,000 for me implies that it's likely that she's not just getting lessons in Finland, right? Isn't she's probably getting lessons outside mm. of Finland, even if her, her top songs are doing it. So for me, I'm like, if you're if you're an artist from a non-Anglophone country and you're getting lessons in in Anglophone countries, that's that's a good thing. Like I did find articles about her written in English. So I think she is kind of uh, moving out. And listen, all the best to you, Swat. I, I wish you the best. But just this this song, like I said, I, I didn't hate it, but I just, yeah, I was a little bit indifferent to it. Yeah, and if she's not going to plug herself on social media, she's now she's now on a no, podcast. No, so you have she's to, She's now Frank. on a podcast. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> You're on the same podcast as Julie Put and Manny Manson. Over underrated. And Grimes, who is another beloved person in the UK press, with I mean, how do you how are you saying this title? I just four AM. Is it? But she's yeah. got a cool way of saying it or, or typing yeah. it. It's her favourite letter. That's why her kid has that in their name. Yeah, I don't even know if it's a boy or a girl, but uh, yeah, you know, you know this, right? You know that they had a son. I, I think yeah. Okay, so it was a son. They had a child and called it like X A A twelve asterisk hyphen or whatever it was. Okay. Um, Okay, Grimes. Yeah. Well done, Grimes. <laughs> yeah, you're weird, Grimes. <laughs> I enjoy the chanting. Um, who knew I had to say that twice in a podcast? Yeah, I'm uh, surprised to hear. Bring back Enigma. And uh, mm-hmm. and I enjoy the percussion. Uh-huh. And I uh-huh. think that it needed a rap. Really? So you say I hate, I hate hip-hop, but I think if it's had a rap, that would give it a bit more... Really? Yes. Do you not think? Wow. No. I, so this was my most played song of, of 2020, according to Spotify, which I have to say surprised me. Uh, I, I remember getting into it pre-lockdown, like in February was when I was listening to it, those glory days. Um, no, I, I think it's a, I think it's a near perfect song. Um, near, I mean, near Grimes... perfect, to admit that it would, would be perfect if it was featuring <laughs> Buster Rhymes. <laughs> Actually, Grimes and Buster Rhymes, firstly, it rhymes, I... number one. It rhymes with Buster Rhymes. Uh, I would fucking love to see that. Or hear it. Or see anything. See anything. Like, guys, get involved. Yeah, Grimes, for me, she's a bit like Charlie XCX in that um, the songs of hers that I like, I love and listen to over and over and over again. But I never really like a full album by her. I think this is from her latest album. It's the one I like the most, but I probably like half the songs. And this one, I think it's the percussion that does it for me. It's it's very catchy mm. and it, it builds as well because it starts and you think it's very quiet and there's sort of, it feels like, what's it called? Like the rainmaker, those wooden things that you turn upside down and then yeah. there's like stones in there and it, whoosh, yeah. So it sounds like that at the beginning and then suddenly it sounds like a bit of a rave. And I, I enjoyed that yeah, juxtaposition. She's always, a, she's always an artist that I keep trying to go back to. I like a few singles and I enjoyed this. I don't think I would um, purchase the album, but yeah, but no, it's, it's fine. Good, good work, ones. Well done. I, I, st- I still think I would still recommend for you to listen to the album because, um, 
there are songs on there that are quite different to this. So there's a song called Delete Forever, which is about Little Peep. She called it her Wonderwall, I think, or something like that, because it's basically her on acoustic guitar. Oh, okay. So it sounds very different to, to the other stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Well, okay. Over underrated. Final track, finish artist number two, very surprised. It is The Holy with Twilight of the Idiots. So Fran, I had already saved a song by The Holy on my Spotify. I had Ramsey's The Evil Brother, which was a song that I had I had completely forgotten about. I have absolutely no idea how I came across it. So I actually, when I saw, I started listening to The Holy, uh, to The Twilight of the Idiots, and I, I I started listening and I was like, okay, let's let's click in on the band. And then I, I clicked in and I saw that I had a saved song and I was like, what? So I actually paused it and went to listen to to Ramsey's The Evil Brother. And I was like, oh yeah, this is a great song. Like um, it's got a very epic ending. Then I went to listen to Twilight of the Idiots. And I think apart from the thunderclap effects, especially at the beginning, I, yeah, I didn't enjoy it as much. I feel like it, it wasn't a million miles away from Ramsey's The Evil Brother. In, in kind of style and structure but I don't know if it was just a bit more melodic or there was something about it that again left me a bit cold too much, but too much p- beautiful piano on it maybe too, 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 too many nice things I can only handle so much but it, you know I would definitely go and listen to, to more of their stuff it didn't put me off kind of exploring them further I just think that particular song is not for me, but I think there are, there are likely many more that I would enjoy. I think you might like them live. Do you know that they've got two drummers? <gasps> Love a band yeah. with two drummers. Yeah. Shout out to Pauj from Portugal, one of my favourite Portuguese bands. Shout who out also to Animaniance. Um... <laughs> Shout out to the Go Team, and there ends my knowledge. <laughs> and uh, Soul Wax. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, oh yeah, true, 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 true. Um, yeah, I think his voice isn't unique, but I think maybe because he's Finnish, and that, the accent kind of makes it stand out a little bit more. Um, I mm-hmm. love the production. I love the, the the guitar lines and the and the piano lines and the the percussion in the, in the background. And I, I, and they've got three or four excellent songs. And uh, I will talk about them later. Spoiler. Um, so that's <laughs> for I, I ruin what I'm going to talk about later on. Let's move on to your final track. Over underrated. So my final track is a Belgian band. Ooh. On repeat with compact disc with a K, dummies, and it's the best song on the playlist. Oh, inch. Oh, yeah, I thought I thought you'd like this one. You knew this, didn't you? You, you thought our fans were for the nice. No, 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 no. I, I was actually thinking like it was literally a kind of fuck. I have no, I have almost no non-British, non-American artists on here. I think everyone else. I'm looking at it. Yeah, everyone else is British or American um and i was like oh crap like i do i do listen to music from other countries i literally don't live in an english-speaking country but yeah so so what did you think it's a great dance thriller has a great groove to it i had never heard of it in my entire life and it's just me listening to every song i could find in the past two months i guess being belgian that's maybe why they weren't on my radar um mm-hmm. Are they popular in belgium like are they so yeah they are they want um so there's this kind of big sort of battle of the bands-esque competition that Mm -hmm. happens in flanders every two years it's called the humor rock rally where basically they get bands from all over belgium to unsigned bands all over belgium to submit kind of demos and then they do regional heats and the final comes together at ancien belgique which is one of the the main um the main venues in brussels and you know almost without fail like every band that wins becomes massive bands who don't win 
become well known, at least in, in Belgium. I think like with so many Belgian bands, I'm like how they're singing in English. They're doing genres that are popular in, you know, the English speaking world. I don't understand how they're not more well-known kind of outside of it. Yeah. So they, I can tell you that they won the Humors, Humors Rock Rally in 2012. In, so they, they've been oh, so around. For, yeah. And it, I'm looking at the Wikipedia. They were founded in, in 2010. I think they're brilliant. I think they're they're one of those bands that like all their output is great. They did a fantastic Britney Spears cover version, uh, which I really recommend. I think it's is it is it Toxic? Yeah, they did a cover of Toxic by Britney Spears, which is excellent. And yeah, for me, they're kind of LCD sound system e. Even though I think that because they have a song called Girls Keep Drinking, just like LCD Sound System have a song yeah, called yeah. Drunk Girls. But I, I think it's true. It, you know, the song starts and there's it's weird. There's a saxophone and you're like, what the hell's going on? And then suddenly the the percussion launches in and it's great. And it's it's the opening song to, to this album. So yeah, I'm, I'm delighted that you liked kind of the only non-anglophone band on the list. And I really recommend you checking out all of their work and the Britney Spears cover. Well, I'm a big Eurofile, guys. Good. I do love a, uh, a non-English speaking country doing music in English. I think it gives it a, a bit of an edge. There's so many Belgian bands singing in English that are really not known outside of Belgium very much. And it's nice having like a secret pool of music because, you know, if they're not, if they've not made it onto a UK radio, then it's basically like a little secret pool I can jump into and have my, my secret bands singing in English that nobody else in the UK knows. It's kind of fun, kind of selfish, but kind of fun. Yeah, 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 I, I get that. Over underrated. Let's mention our most overrated or underrated artists of the year. Who, who, who do I go first? Um, so the way that I thought about this, uh, because I think, I guess I didn't go through the list in quite a methodical way. It was a bit difficult for me to think about who was the most overrated or underrated. So I've kind of linked it to my most overrated moment of 2020. So for me, the most overrated music moment of 2020 was the Grammy nominations, because once again, I just think the Grammys are bullshit. Really, I think I've never connected with them. And because I was doing the research for this, I went and looked at the Wikipedia page of the controversies and there are so many controversies. And this year, the controversy was that they wanted fucking acclaimed comedian Tiffany Haddish to do it for free. Not not only do it for free, but to host it for free, do her own makeup and everything, which is such a lack of respect that it really fucking pissed me off. Um, So when I was looking at the list of nominations, I was like, okay, who makes me the angriest of this list? And I'm afraid to say, Fran, it's someone who you've mentioned, but it's Coldplay. <laughs> because I I love Coldplay's first two albums. I really love them. I, I have great memories associated with them, but I've been very indifferent to Coldplay since. And when, when I saw Coldplay's name, I was just like, oh, like there's so much other interesting music going on. Like why Coldplay? So uh, which, why- award, which, which awards it for? I think it's best album. Win, Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, Coldplay being included in uh, an award nomination that I don't really gel with it. Yeah, for me, that was the icing on the cake. How about no, you? Coldplay, Coldplay haven't done a good album since Viva La Vida. And that's like what thirteen years ago. Um, well, this might shock you. Mm. I I've been looking at like I've been looking at what um, the press have been saying are the best albums of the year to, to try and work out where I am compared to the rest of the, the media and I think that the strokes are the most overrated band of the year. Interesting selection. Okay. Because I love the strokes and the album came out what early lockdown, like mm-hmm. March. So obviously everyone had a lot of time to listen to them. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I and I thought this is just man, like, like what is this? Like I, I, the Strokes since uh, they came back together, they have literally been a different band, and mm-hmm. it sounds closer to Julian's solo work than the Strokes we loved the first three albums of. Yeah, and it basically to me it sounds like Julian Casablanca and his mates make an album mm-hmm. and for, for guitar lines like they've got two guitar players yeah mm-hmm. and they you listen to it no i actually no i actually haven't listened to it because i've been left very cold by by the strokes recent work i think the last stroke song that i liked was machu picchu from angles which is 2011 mm. so machu picchu and you're so right are the two songs i like from that album and then everything come down machine I was just like, what is this? I don't like this. So I just, I didn't bother. I just didn't bother with the strokes, even though I think some people were telling me like, oh, it, it is better, but yeah, no, I just, it doesn't, it's not the same as, but the the third album, um, there's a few songs that I like, but there's a stuff that I also don't like, but the first two albums are just perfect. So yeah, it's difficult to recapture that. So I've listened to the strokes uh, album, like maybe six, seven times. And at one point I even had a single in my top 50 and I thought, why am I lying to myself? I'm literally putting on because I'm literally putting on there because I used to love the Strokes, and I thought no, like if this was not called the Strokes, this would not be in my top fifty. So I, I thought no, I'm I, and the press, it's on so many like Spin, Pitchfork, Enemy, Guardian. It's on a lot of their like top fifty albums of the year, and people were giving it really good. good people, like... people love the idea of the Strokes. This is the thing, mm-hmm. and even when they were at their biggest the hype was disproportionate and I, I really like their first two albums like I really really like the first two albums and listen to them over and over again but they they were never like one of my favorites you know like I, I feel like they were a bit of a throwback even if their their music was quite interesting so it, it didn't feel like the world's most innovative band to me um, but they're just they're so good looking and they're so cool and they're all half this and half something else in nationality like they're a very cool band to like and I, I think that's why you know it's going to shock people but yeah the strokes are overrated and t- I will now declare my underrated band which uh, it's not really going to shock anyone because you've mentioned them already and it's The Holy mm. I think The Holy's album's great and maybe because they're finished but no one has seems to have known who they are in the UK they um, finished they, have they broken up yeah, no 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 they're finished as in oh, the country <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have not got an announcement to I was make. like what I've just been talking about going to explore their pack catalogue yeah yeah and you know you mentioned Ramesh and um, I can't remember what it's called Ramesh and brother or something Ramesh the single you oh Eve, Eve, uh, hang on evil Ramsey's Ramsey's evil brother yeah yeah Ramsey's was, the evil brother sorry that's the one yeah. yeah that made my best of 2018 I believe mm-hmm. so I've been a fan since then and this album um there's a step up from that album and they tour for UK but nowhere more than like a tiny place in London and listening to the sound I have no idea why that sound is not played on you know XFM or Absolute because it's basically Radio X (laughs) Fran We are in T-Files in the truck, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, guys, I don't have digital radio. I just listen to the podcast. Um, Same. Yeah, yeah. So you think that that band would be perfect for these radio stations, and nah, mm-hmm. no one seems to play from anywhere. So the Holy guys, listen to the Holy and see two people play the drums at the same time. It's a beautiful sight. Over underrated. I think if you are a stickler for the rules, you might not like what I'm going to call my, <laughs> my underrated artists. But what I really enjoyed this year was songs in two different languages specifically french and english 
So there was Dua Lipa and Angel, and there was also Aya Nakamura and Stormzy. And I am absolutely fucking delighted. And the, the reason why I called it underrated is because, okay, Angel and Aya Nakamura might be huge stars in the French-speaking world and a little bit beyond. But the fact that they're teaming up with British artists who, who are much bigger, it's going to expose them to a much wider audience. I think it's so interesting anyway to have songs in two different languages. I think French and English, it makes sense with the with kind of the country's histories. And while, you know, they still might be big artists, I feel like it, the hype could go even further. I, th I think it's really original. I, I want more people to do it. And that's why I'm picking a specific. I think those two collaborations is my my favorite favorite underrated moments of the of, uh, underrated and unexpected moments of the year. It's kind of strange, really, because like in the modern world, we have it's so easy to find music from mm -hmm. around the world, easier than ever. But in the 1980s in the UK, we had number one songs yeah. in a foreign language. So why the so why is it that we have not had nationalism? <laughs> I, I think it's a mix of things. I think it is a bit isolationism. I think it's the fact that English became more a more global language um, spoken by other people. So I, you know, whereas I feel like you know a lot of older Brits who, for example, speak French fluently because they would go to France and they would have to speak it, or you know, they'd be into Serge Gainsbourg or whoever, and they'd want to learn the 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 songs. I think. The 90s was Royal Britannia era and they dropped the requirement for language learning at like GCSE or A-level age. So automatically people were doing it less. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's a combination of those factors. You're saying that you're a Europhile and you love listening to bands that, you know, are from other nations that you don't know about. I think that's not the case for most people. You know, sometimes the reason why bands don't make it big like the hoodie, it's like, well, you know, have they got the publicists for it if it's in the UK where there's so many good British acts it's like doubly as hard to to make it through um and I think that's why but I, I think that is changing I mean the fact that you know k-pop is so massive and so often they're singing in a language that not only has a different is different but has a different freaking alphabet that's you know that's next level um I think that's quite positive if only k-pop I've heard is things like dynamite which is like could not be more but I, I think that's not all of their songs right like very often they'll they'll sing in mm. a, a, a very least a mix i'm halcy and, and charlie xcx mentioning them again i think they've done songs with bts where it's it's like in korean and english at, at the same time um and i think yeah if you if you're if the gatekeepers of culture like you know you were like why is it not played on radio x i'm like i don't think anyone who isn't an old white man an old white british man is played on radio x because that's that's their vibe and that's what they're going for they may be a bit diversifying a bit more now i do hear a few more women but um yeah if those are the gatekeepers and they're not maybe going to be as open to it um i i, I think that's changing yeah same that's same i mean I, I i'm happy to listen to a foreign language but it's just hard because it's a foreign language it's hard for me to find it because you have to type in French to find the playlist with people singing in French sometimes, don't you? You know, yeah, of course. Just, but that's what. But this, this, I've said this before. That's what everyone else in the world has to do. Not everyone speaks English remotely fluently. But you know, if if a song will dominate, like people will, people will go and make the F. And like people, you know, I, I've had people say to me like, oh, you know, I just can't get into songs in other languages because like, oh, I don't understand the lyrics. And it's like literally, that is what almost everyone else in the world has to do. Like make a bit of an effort this is i love it I, i've always wanted to run about this i'm glad you've given me the platform too fran 
And then you ask him, do you own any sugar ross? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's not. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fucking made up language. <laughs> like, or, you know, oh, I'm learning fucking Klingon. Oh, great. So you'll learn fictional languages and not real languages. Just have no use to, yeah. I mean, I guess there's some languages which can be quite different, like to our ears, like Russian. Mm-hmm. It can sound quite harsh to our uh, our puny uh, po- Portuguese ears. often like Portuguese from Portugal yeah. sounds a bit Polish and a bit Russian and I, I know it is as well and I, I think they have weird tongue sounds oh my god what's yeah, this I think there's definitely you know I've got language preferences as well there are languages that I think are more beautiful and less beautiful but it wouldn't you know if it was a language that I didn't like it wouldn't put me off listening to it like even um i haven't i have a specific example for that so olga bell i don't know if you know her one of her albums was on james a caster's 2016 list she's fantastic and she actually did a collaboration with tom vex so there we go second mention for him a band called no thank you so she is american but she i think she was either born in russia or her parents are russian any in any case and she did an album entirely in russian that was already quite an experimental album and because it was in Russian, I literally had to be like, right, I'm putting the time aside to go and listen to this. And it was only recently that I listened to it. And I was like, okay, this is nice, but this is very experimental and there is another barrier. Uh, but it, yeah, again, it just, it wouldn't stop me from from doing it completely because I'm like, yeah, just because it sounds a bit strange, you know, you can get used to it. So that's what we're talking about, guys. In 2020, it's coming to an end. Let's make 2021 the year when you can move out of your little comfort blankets and try and embrace the beauty of music around the world. Thank you for listening to our rundown of 2020. Let us know what you loved and what you hated, etc. And may 2021 be better in every single motherfucking aspect. Have a Merry Christmas, Hanukkah, other celebrations, and have a Happy, happy New Year. Year. Bye-bye. Over underrated. So what did you think was over and underrated in music in 2020? Get in touch. You can email us over underrated musicpod at gmail.com. It's at OUMusicPod on Twitter and at over underrated musicpod on Instagram. 2020 was a pretty crap year, so wherever you are in the world, I hope you can rest and make the most of this festive period even if your movements are limited. I will definitely be seeking some comfort in music podcasts, so thanks for choosing to listen to this one. Here's to more good music, the return of live concerts, and fewer musical heroes coming out as COVID deniers in 2021.